Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk about love a, a lot. I, just, I don't know what a love is. But the motivation for me is them telling me what I could not be. Oh, well. Along with that, I would like to say that you should not bleed on people who did not cut you. In the past couple of weeks of my life, I have been dealing with people who seem to think that the way that their life is going is my fault. I don't subscribe to this way of living or being. I come from the same places that some of these people come from. I've dealt with some of the same issues as some of these people, but I tend to rise above these things because I do not want to live in agony, distress, depression, or stress. So I move above those things and I continue to stay progressive and productive. Carl Reed, how are you? I'm great, brother. I'm just, you know, living my best LA life and trying to be a good Samaritan today, but you know. It's, it's, it's good, man. You got to take care of your friends. You got to take care of the people to take care of you and just pay things forward. Yes, sir. I totally understand that. Uh, what, what's been going on? How's the launch of the brand going? Everything else? In Everything been going good. Everything been going good. Um, right now, I'm getting ready to launch my fall collection. It's going to be called um, Space Camp, AOM Space Camp. Uh, the themes are going to be um, like nostalgia, sci-fi imagery mixed with like hip-hop imagery, which is always going to be a running thing for me because like hip-hop and music and science fiction that's always running themes throughout my art like it's always been that and I just recently kind of embraced it even more than I have in the past like I was kind of struggling with trying to do stuff I think people will like versus what I like and you know at the end of the day you gotta be authentic to what you like and you know that old saying from uh, I think it was filled the dreams if you build it they will come you know obviously you gotta make sure you're promoting it because they won't know it's there but <laughs> at the end of the day you just gotta do what you love and people will see that love and what you're, you're doing you know when you're trying to do shit the you know I guess, guessing and copying what you think other people, you know, are responding to, like, that's not going to work because you're not being real to yourself. Yeah, I think the uh, that's one of the best things that you could ever do in this lifetime is continue to be real with yourself. And it's okay to copy and, and have inspiration off of other people's ideas, but maintaining your own integrity and, and the way that you do things is critical and key to the success of yourself you know what i mean so how long how long have you been out there was this year six year seven this is literally uh year six my anniversary was on september 16th so this was just a a few days ago which is crazy um 
it went by like a blink of an eye. It doesn't even feel like I've been out here as long as I have. But when I come back home, they feel like it because the whole city change every six months because, you know, we work ants in Chicago, so we always working, always building. So yeah, they always leave building. and come back. You're like, oh, they mm-hmm. like how park look completely different to me. Like when we pulled up, I was like, this whole food, what this used to be a raggedy plaza with a janky grocery store. Like it's yeah. It's it's great to see like the progression. Like that's I do like to see that, but you know, I hate to see people get pushed out of certain areas that they've been in their whole life too. And that yeah. happens within that process, unfortunately. I remember there used to be a Say Sabone over here, there used to be a Calypso, there used to be a Dixie Kitchen, Ugh. Checkerboard Lounge, Bruh. there used to be all these different restaurants over here. Now all you see is and I'm not knocking it. I'm just speaking on what's going on. Now you see the hotels being built. You see the new condominiums and luxury apartments and all that stuff. So uh, a lot of changes, like you said, they happen every six months. You know, it don't take long for people with money to, to make something happen. They just sit and wait it out. You know, so. Yeah. So in your sixth year, are you more familiar with the territory? Are you are you able to get in touch with more people to do business? What's going on? Oh, right there? definitely. Um, the the whole thing about LA is networking. You know, so the the longer that you're here, you out on the scene and making sure, even if you're not going out every day or every week, even as long as you, when you are putting yourself out there, you going to like the right networking events, you meeting the right people and you, you know, make sure you foster those connections that you make with people. Cause you go out to network events that you want. If you're not following up with people afterward, then it doesn't even matter. So you just have to stay on top of that. And that's where the opportunities come. All right. So recently for me, I'm going to speak on myself. So we know mm-hmm. that I've done, so I've done some mental work for it with different people mm-hmm. uh, and i had a chance recently to sit with some young guys that were uh coming back to chicago to visit their family and they wanted me to hang out with them and and, and celebrate their success and their graduations from uh, i think postdoc school to be by uh doctors in biology and things like that and at the table sitting with them was like four or five men young men from their era not my era i'm the i'm the oldest one i'm the big brother all right mm-hmm. so i'm sitting there and i'm enjoying their company and we're talking and we're living it up and we're enjoying life and as i'm not only talking to these young men i'm giving them life game so i'm telling them about things that they should do and and, and things to, to to make their money stretch longer and and different opportunities that they can present to themselves. In this conversation, the guys who I'm not familiar with start saying that I'm a lame, I'm a nerd, I'm a chump, I'm a punk, I don't know what I'm talking about, they beat my ass and all this stuff. Could you imagine me not getting mad at these guys at all? I mean, 
Yes and no. Like, obviously, I know a, 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 a different O that would, you know, he would handle that a different way, a, a more... Um, a more violent way, a more um, a more vicious way. There's a side of me that first way. Yeah, there's a side of me that will react to that totally mm-hmm. different. But what I realize mm-hmm. at this age is that it don't matter if you're older or younger. People are gonna be who they are, and they're only projecting. They're not saying things about you that are actually true. They're project. They're projecting themselves onto you. They're not happy with where they are in life. So they're projecting what they feel and how they feel about themselves onto you. They, I don't know them. I never met them. I don't hang out with them. One of the most cliche lines that we have all either heard or delivered ourselves that's actually one of the truest things ever is, it's me, not you. Cause it always is. It's not. It's whatever situation is you projecting whatever emotions and perceptions on it, and you're gonna have whatever perception from it. That's based on you. That's not based on that other person. You know, no. like obviously their actions have certain things to do with your perception, but at the end of the day you still interpreting actions that could mean something totally different to the person who perpetrating those actions. But your perception is whatever it is. Like I uh, just heard of a situation recently with some people that I work with where a person was basically accusing somebody of purposely sabotaging something they were doing. And the thing is, People have this notion of feeling like people are thinking about them. They're not fucking thinking about you. They're thinking about whatever they got going on. So whatever they didn't did, nine times out of ten, is if it's something that's negative towards you, a lot of times it's carelessness because they're thinking about whatever the hell they got going on. They like they don't care about you. <laughs> you know, like people really have this notion that the world revolves around them and it's very confusing because it's too many people on earth not just that i also think that people get so caught up in what's happening that they fail to realize that they're that they're actually revealing their true colors about who they really are oh yeah like i'm not trying to find out who you are you're showing it to me I have no desire to know these young men. I'm only there because the young men that I mentored are 26, 27, 28 years old. And, and they're, they're on their way to being doctors. They're on their way to being lawyers. They're in good, great position in their lives. And these young men that they bought around that they consider their friends have not yet grown up yet. And in that conversation, uh the younger me would go yo i would beat you into shit immediately when we get outside but the part of me that just knows better now just looks at them and go oh they hurt they don't know any better so they're acting out because they don't know what to do 
They don't know how to have, have this type of conversation. They've never had this conversation. No one around them has inspired them to do better with their lives. So this is the end for them. Mm -hmm. This part of their life, like this may be the end unless they step it up and do something different with themselves. So we had a good time. We had, we enjoyed dinner and everything. Uh, the crazy part of the conversation was when one of them asked, uh, what did he say? Who ordered the gratuity? Yeah, my G, he asked, he said, yo, which one of y'all ordered the gratuity? I didn't order no gratuity. So I had to explain to the young man what the gratuity really was. And he looked at him, look at you. You think you smarter than everybody else. You high yellow nigga. You just that and a third. And I just looked wow. at him. Yeah. And I just looked at him. I was like, man, you got a long way to go. And I looked at his homies that, that I'm familiar with. And I was looking at them going. Like, this is this is your crowd. So when they went outside to take a smoke break while we were all sitting there, I just said to those guys, I said, yo. You can't take them everywhere. There are only certain places in life where you can take them. Other than that, you can't you can't continue to be around people like that because they're not good for you all the time. You can't be around them. I said, the more that you guys progress in life, the more the less you will need them unless there's something that they are specifically used for, that they are good for. You can't have guys like that around you all the time. And they was, oh, that's the homies. What did you do? What did you do? I said, I love the homies, but the homies can't go everywhere with me. Especially once they start saying stuff Not like everyone. who ordered the gratuity. No, especially when you start asking who paid, who asked for the gratuity, who ordered the gratuity? You know how weird that looks? Man, this shit better taste good, yo. This shit better getting good. No, 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 no. no. Everybody got to pay on it. No, what he said was, uh, I knew it had to be you to order gratuity. You the only motherfucker here ordering shit with big words and shit. And I was like, yo, and I'm looking at the guys that I mentor, like, you can't take him everywhere, man. Like, you got to start dropping motherfuckers off and leaving them where they are. And the other thing about that is, if these guys are jealous of me, <sighs> what do you think is going to happen in two, three, four, five years when they become more jealous of you and you try to hang around them. These guys are liable to kill you, man. Like, this is a reality. It'll set you up or put you in a bogus situation and not really... How many times have we didn't seen the kid that really is the, the hope of the hood about to move on to something else? Maybe sports, maybe academics, whatever. But if they're around the wrong people... Like, we didn't seen that derail so many people from Too their man. true potential because you're around the wrong people, man. Like, I, I, that's one thing I have to say. Like, my mom really instilled in me just you gotta be on point about the people that you have around you because it just reflects what's gonna be going on in your life. Yes, like, for and, real. And, and that's the reason why I made the post. Oh, that I made earlier. Don't let people who are where they are, who they are, and what they are project onto you because that's not who you are. When you allow these people to do that, you're taking on, 
you're making yourself responsible for the things that they're saying about you and you're taking it on believing that it's you and it's not you, it's them. You have to let them deal with that. Man, I sat there that whole conversation, man, and I'm so proud of me at this point in life because this conversation could have went totally different, you know? Like I could have been, I could have went back and forth with them and I could have pussy nigga, what, this, that, and the third eye, beep, bop, 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 bop. We could have got into all that, but there's a realization in all of this for me, you know, and it's growth. Growth mm-hmm. doesn't allow you to sink to levels of, uh, of others. You know what I mean? Like you have to stay above the water. You have to stay clear of people like that. If I'm an eagle and I'm soaring high, I have no business trying to swim with fish. Fish. But our education system is trying to teach everybody in the room how to be a damn monkey and some of them fish, some of them. It's like, that's like the problem what we got going right now. Because this is like the whole structure of the way they teach us is not tailored to individuals is make everybody try to be the same thing but the thing about that is we aren't we aren't all the same thing and no matter what you try to do we all can't be the same thing some some of us are a students some of us are b students some of us shouldn't even be in school because the way our brain works it works so much differently than what the school system is allowing us to, to learn so you have to turn those kids loose and let them run out there and figure out what they want to be. Some of them are natural entrepreneurs. They're, they're geared for that already. And we're not supporting those type of kids. We're not supporting a lot of stuff when it comes to just different life paths when it, you know, from somebody that's, you know, starting at a young age, like it's the reason why plumbers and electricians are charging through the nose because all them years, the 80s, 70s, the 90s, you know, even going into the 2000s, they had this college first culture, like everybody got to go to college. Some people meant to be electrician or a plumber or something like that. They work with their hands well, all of this stuff. You got this motherfucker in humanity somewhere, and he need to be trying to work on a damn uh, somebody septic tank. <laughs> you know, it's just like we have created this culture of people who don't want to really roll their sleeves up and work, and then the people who do have that mentality, you putting them in the wrong places to where they're not even able to thrive. Yeah, and the ones that do thrive are the ones who figured it out and know what they want to do, and they know it's going to work for them and their families and how to feed their families. And it's it's wild because you got a bunch of people who are at a disadvantage who are kind of like in the way to me at times. Like, you're in the way. Like, what are you doing? Why are you over here when you should be over there? Oh, the field that you thought that you would be in doesn't really work out for you. So who told you that that field would be the one that you should go into? But at the end of the day, that's neither here nor there. You have to be able to adapt to different life circumstances. But everybody can't do that easily because a lot of people get so fixated on the idea of something being a certain way. So when it doesn't go that way, it's like they whole 
life view is like shattered instead of being like, all right, shit gonna move the way it's gonna move and you just have to move with it because, you know, you control certain variables of life, but at the end of the day, we don't have control of the shit. Like, <laughs> if you put it in the perspective of what it really is, like, we are on a rock of mud and water that's going fast as hell around a, a star with a whole bunch of other like when you zoom out it's almost like people be so fixated on what they you know what's going on in their life and can't zoom out to see the big picture what we're doing in a lot of ways is insignificant that's why you really have to be looking out for each other because that's what's really real Looking out for each other, making sure we good because we all connected, but we didn't forgot that connection long ago. That's why we think we above everything. We yeah, just gonna I, build it better than God built. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't don't know that or just don't teach that. You know, the, the connection between humanity is one of the things that are the most important. And like you said, we live in a day. We live in a day and age where people are so disconnected that they think it's really just about them and what they have going on. But if you were to pan out, you would see that you are one of the smallest things in the universe, and no one really gives a shit about you. An asteroid hit this planet tomorrow, and no one in the middle of the night while you're sleeping, and no one will remember you. Yep. Unless you really put a mark on this world and it's only a handful of people that's done that in a way that transcends generations. Like how many people that in our lifetime we've seen made a, 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 a mark, but now where are they now? What shows that used to be called, where are they now? Like yeah. they yeah. somewhere, I mean, shit. I'm just thinking of basketball player. I don't know Vin Baker somewhere working at a McDonald's somewhere, not maybe as, you know, a regular worker. Maybe he owns held on to enough money to have one franchise. Be I would hope so. Halfway decent. I would hope because he made 90 some million dollars over his career. And that's excluding little endorsements and all this stuff that he did get. So. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So at some point, you got to help your fellow man and, and try to be better than the people that came before you. I only shared that story because, you know, I listened. And the word silent and listen is the same word spelled inside out, you know. So I didn't take, mm. I didn't push the initiative of striking back at them when they were saying these comments about me or or calling me uppity or bougie and everything like that. I was just listening to what they were saying. And there was literally no truth to it. And I sat there when I got home, I said, why did the younger me ever try to def defend this foolishness? And it was because I felt like I had to. But the realization of it is, you never have to defend anything that isn't true about you. Like, you just... Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to defend anything that's really not you. You're only confirming for people that that is you when you respond to it. Yeah. 
Like, if a motherfucker call you, yo, you a bitch-ass nigga, it's like, yo, wait, am I really a bitch-ass nigga? No, I'm not. So why am I about to get upset and prove to you that I'm a bitch I'm not a bitch-ass nigga? For what? And just to, you know, go back to what we were saying in the first place, like, whatever people are saying about you, they projecting their own insecurities on you. So that guy who's calling you a bitch-ass nigga actually feel like he's a bitch-ass nigga. That's why he's calling you that. That's why he's saying it, because it ain't <laughs> me. It's you that's the problem. I did nothing to provoke being called a bitch-ass nigga, but give evidence of proof and logic behind the things that I was talking about and to help them, the younger men, further their lives, put money in their pocket. Get themselves ready for the future three to five years down the road. And then to be called a bitch ass nigga. I got home and I analyzed and I sat around with a with a glass of with a glass of wine. And I sat around, and I was like, man, life is so different now. Cause years ago, I would have tried to like crack their face or smash their ears together. And I didn't even attempt to do that. And it's just like, I'd rather this time just sit and listen to the things they're saying and find out if there's any truth to it. And then as they go along, you find out there is nothing true to anything that they're saying. And I and that made, made me just go back and think, how many people have died or ended up in jail because another man called them a bitch-ass nigga? A lot. Like, I feel like one of my favorite um, movies that kind of had that as like an underlying theme is back to the future. <laughs> like every time somebody called Marty McFly chicken, he did some shit that was detrimental to what his mission was because he let people get under his skin. You can't let people take you off your square. Like I'm glad that those were the first things that I saw as a shoot five, six, or you know, because it's like. I'm already seeing a lesson that mm-hmm. I need to follow from mm-hmm. jump. So a lot of times, shoot, and it's funny now I'm thinking about it, when I was in school and would have people teasing me and saying stuff like that, I would think back to that movie because they he almost basically fucked up all the events that made it to where he was even born. Because somebody called him a chicken. Literally. Because you let somebody have power over you when you should always be in control of your own shit. You're giving people power by reacting to the things that they're saying about you. Even though they're not true. You do not have to react to somebody calling you a bitch, a pussy, or whatever. You're confirming that what they're saying is true by reacting to it. And while I sat there, I was just like, you know what? I don't have to respond to that. I know I'm not. And I also know that mm-hmm. when I do, when I do respond, you're not gonna re- you're not gonna be able to deal with the response that you're about to get. This response is not just for you, it's meant for everybody that came with you and the people that have to escort you home from the hospital. This is a this would be a lesson to everybody that this dude is off limits. It, it gets dark outside as, as the as you said in the past. 
as this <laughs> as the saying goes, it does get dark outside. <laughs> but one of the things we have to do at this age, man, is celebrate our lives and, and the things that we have come yep. through and traversed through. Uh, our ability to maintain and thrive, not just survive, but thrive and be productive and progressive, man. I'm happy to have you here with me. I'm happy that you've been an inspiration in my life and and, and been been one of the things that have kept me positive, man. Because life is good for me. I don't, you know, I don't know what else to say. I don't. That's what's up, man. I mean, I could say same for you. Inspire me every day, man. You out here doing your thing, pushing through, making shit work, improving, growing, thriving. You know, I just love to see all my homies doing good, man. And you like more like a brother than a homie, man. I didn't know you so long. I I had more of a tighter relationship with you than some of my family members for sure you know so which you know you definitely awesome in the thing. in the bro category and that's an awesome bro thing. category man yeah that's an awesome thing to know and to hear it because you don't you don't necessarily know how tight you are with a person until they actually tell you where you stand with them you know mm. and, and for that me, and you know actions speak at the same time, I feel like when we need to show up for each other, we definitely have. And that's a big part of being, you know, like real friends. Yeah. Salute real quick. Salute to all the people who have been in my corner since my mom that I always got to mention that because that that's a crazy situation. Um, I would I would not wish that on anyone, but we all are going to have to deal with it. And then dealing with it, you know, you find out who the real people are in your lives, in your life that that actually count. So um, I appreciate those who have been thoroughly involved, family and friends, near and far, because they have shown up. And the people that I work with that have shown up to to be a part um, and and keep me uplifted in prayer and, and keep my spirit lifted up. So that's a plus as well. So how do you feel about, you know, how do you feel about living in L.A. being that close to where success can just happen at the at the at a moment's notice? Like it, it can just everything. It's, can it's exciting and also. I don't want to say frustrating because that's not the right word. I think it's you excited and anxious. And sometimes those words can almost mean the same thing, but anxious, you anxious because you you can like reach out and touch everything that you've been aspiring to. Like you literally get to the point where seeing a McLaren down the street is so routine. I, I'll react more to seeing like new Impalas because I never see those in LA. Mm-hmm. Like there's a Tesla. It's a Benz, it's a BMW, it's a some crazy classic car you ain't seen in years or ever seen in real life. Like it's it's just different, you know, but at the same time, it makes you feel sometimes when you're not necessarily exactly at the point where you want to be at, it makes you feel um 
less than somewhat, but you like in the place where you want it to be. So like one of my homies actually said this and it's kind of dark, but <laughs> I think it's a sentiment that a lot of people in LA end up having to a degree. It's like you fail here versus other places you almost want to kill yourself because it's like you came here to win and if you don't win where you thought all you had to do was go to this place and you know make the certain moves you was gonna win and it don't happen at a certain time frame it's easy to get very depressed like i see how people have you know darker thoughts out here because you literally got everything kind of it's right almost like it's right in front of you, but then it's like if you not having access to it directly and you just seeing it, it's almost like somebody taking your face and just rubbing your face, you know, instead of you actually enjoying it. So you just have to be strong mentally and, and have a, a resolve to, A, do what you set out to do, but it shouldn't be based on, oh, I'm doing this so I could be in this space. It's because you love whatever you set out to do, number one. And I think that's something that people out here lose sight of sometimes because you get here and you still working towards your goal, but you forget why. It's almost like you forget why you're working towards it versus Sometimes, you know, not sometimes, like every time I go back home to Chicago, it's almost like the the most necessary reset that I can get in a year or however many times I go in, in a year because it reminds you, A, what's real, B, what you moved for and what your mission is because it's so easy to get caught up in all the bullshit out here, the social media stuff, the clout stuff, like all these different things, you know, because I'm, I'm a cat and you know this, like when we was in our little heyday at the crib, man, you go to the club, you know everybody, you walking past the line, like, it's not, it, it, you felt like, not special, but somewhat to a degree because you know you had to plug a little bit you don't have to do the shit the right people out here you gotta be very plugged in to just step over motherfuckers like mm -hmm. it ain't like Chicago where you meet a couple people and then now you getting around everybody like nah it don't work like that like it's a couple times I've gone out where I just turned away because I just didn't even want to be bothered with the whole rigmarole. It's like, oh, we we got the people that's getting tables over here and if you're doing this, you're going to have to wait. I was like, man, I ain't about to stand in the line for no 40 minutes for nobody, Joe. Like, wow. unless at the end of the line, they handed out bags of money. Like, to go in here and spend some money? Are you crazy? Nah, and, and like, on top of that, like, when, when you in those type of places, you got to be able to throw a guy thousand dollars just so you can walk on in and and and, and get out the and, and and get to a table or whatever it is you don't do. So, like um, that's lame as hell. Yeah. Nobody doing that. But so many guys have done it that that's that's become the norm there. So that's what they're expecting. Why <clears throat> you step out? So 
Salute to my for having his parties here and, and being a party promoter and everything. And oh yeah. I you remember know, when, I remember a couple of times I was at a couple of his joints with you. He didn't even recognize who I was. Mm-hmm. He was like, Who's the fly nigga over in the corner that these bitches is, is, <laughs> is hovering over? He's like, and you was like, yo, that's Matt, man. That's Matt, nigga. That's the that's my fucking guy, dude. That's the one that be at the crib. And he was like, nigga, what? Right. And he came over. He's like, dude, you got these bitches going crazy. I was like, man, I'm just in here chilling, man. Like, this is this is normal. <laughs> this is normal. You know what I mean? Like, I you know what? Not to even get into that, but we was we was good. We was good. Yeah, no, that was that was a little error. You know what's funny? He still be promoting parties, and he don't even live in Chicago, and he still be promoting Chicago parties, and they still probably be going up. I know they do. It's That's just fine. hilarious to me, but he created a reputation, and then his network is strong. So. Absolutely. It's just funny to me. I'm like, this dude's getting that 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 little Chicago bread. Yeah, in Texas not? now. How long has he been in Texas? I'm telling you, that's what you're supposed to do. The same amount of time I've been in LA. He moved right before me. Okay. Like right before. So I think his sixth year was might have been in like July or something. Man, he, he, so he, I remember, he, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Get whatever he, he's he wiped up now. A word, he wiped up now. Congratulations yeah, man. Actually, it's the funny thing him and then somebody else in the crew that I thought was always gonna be like a forever bachelor. He about to have a baby. Who was that? One of our, our close associates, um, Steve. Steve's about to have a baby. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations I was, uh, to Steve. When I was, I know that's crazy. Uh, when I was leaving, um, he was one of the last person I got a chance to see, and he was like, "Yeah, man, about to be a dad." I was like, "Wow, that's crazy." So I'm officially. I guess it's just just us two now. Last of the Mohicans. Whatever happened to this <laughs> motherfucker uh Ben Bumpers? Whatever happened to him? I guess we'll move on. So um Um I don't I don't he, I don't know. He is living his life. I don't know. He is living his life. I'm surprised you ain't bumped into him. He still live not too far from you living in this uh actually wait, no. Does he no he still he still live in the city? <laughs> that part. Um, yeah, he is an interesting one. Um, a lot of fugaziness with with this fellow. Um not gonna go into super detail, but yeah, a lot of fugaziness. Not so what you got? What do you have? What do you have on? We'll move on past that. What 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 do you have going <laughs> on like the, on your comic book side or your drawings, your sketches? Are you doing anything with um those? Well, really, all of my artwork has been funneled into my clothing line, and that's how I've been, like, expressing that aspect of my skill. You know, I I still do photography. I still do videography. That's always something that's a part of my workflow. But 
what started everything was drawing. So I was trying to figure out a way to like integrate that. And then I have even more uh, elevated ideas fashion wise. So everything isn't just graphics on a shirt. Like I actually got a jacket in production right now that I'm gonna drop this fall. Like a lot of stuff is happening, but um, I really just use my clothing line right now to kind of express that aspect. However, I have some animated projects coming up, um, which I need to involve you with. I think we was having some sidebar conversations about that a tiny bit. No, nah, fuck all that. Um, <laughs> And then um, the main thing I got going right now is uh, Architects of Mars and relaunching ExodusStudios.com. I've just been curating all my um, work over the past few years, especially my LA stuff, because that's you know that's where I've been the past few years, and I've just been trying to um, show a more detailed snapshot of what I do out here. I've uh, expanded my site to include my styling, which is something I've not put in the forefront of what I know, which is funny because that's, you know, a, a big part of my income comes from styling. So I should show that, and especially um, the company that I work with now, I can um, highlight my skill across men's women's all different brands it's just better than the the first situation that was more um, restrictive as far as like what I had to work with but all of that inspires what I've been doing with my clothing line like everything that I see every day is inspiring that and I'm just trying to do something that is inspiring to creative people and people who aren't necessarily a quote-unquote creative can just feel that energy and that passion that I'm putting into everything and maybe inspire them to become a creative person if they didn't feel that they could be. That's really my biggest dream like to inspire people who thought they couldn't create something to you know decide like let me pick up a pencil let me pick up a paintbrush let me just express myself because that's all it's about like you know just showing what's in our soul like that's how you kind of show it through you know your passionate pursuits like with you your music like when I listen to some of your stuff it really gives me a deeper insight into the certain things that you say, certain things that you, you know, uh, I guess part of your persona is, is like you just get more of an insight when you um, get more, a more to see of somebody's it, art. Yeah, more and more of it, it, it through the music is going to come out. Um, I'm going to stop uh, giving more. I mean, like, the stories that I tell in my music are about real stories. They're about people that, you know, these things actually happen to. But I think one of the next projects I do is going to be more closer to home and it'll be me speaking more about, about me and about my life instead of just giving stories about things that I've seen and, and people I've seen struggle. 
I think instead of just hiding those things, I'll use the, the pen to be more, <clears throat> excuse me, therapeutic, <clears throat> excuse me, to be more therapeutic and so people can have more of a relationship with me through the art that I, through the art that I put, I put out. So um, that's, that's something that I'm working on. Uh, I think I'm going to call it whisper a prayer, but you know, that'll be something that, you know, that I'll, that I'll get into at a later time. I have to sit down with the team and talk about how, how I want to put that together. Um, have you worked, have you been working on your network? Are you still working on building a network or are you good for right now? Oh, for sure. No, I mean, that's like a never ending process. Like you want to meet as many people that can, you know, help your um agenda go forward as possible so um i will say i've been kind of more in a um (laughs) work cocoon as as it were i mean i just been like getting ready for the fourth quarter like i got the line coming out i've been working on the website like sometimes you as much as you like to go outside and i will say living in l.a man it's some eye candy every time you decide to throw on an outfit and go to to an event man you're gonna see something that you want to see so it's very tempting to go out frequently even when it's things that you need to actually get done so and i'm guilty i mean it was the summer but but that's i think that's like ah I think that's one of the biggest distractions for everybody, especially men, like being able to just say, I'll put this down for now and I'll go outside. But you're never going to get the work done and you're never going to be as productive as you can be if you don't stay home and work on the craft. Because you can always find out something. Yeah, you got to do it. Yeah, you, you can always find something inspirational about, about what you do or you can find out something new about what you do or or figure out a different way to do it what you're supposed to do if you're actually home, you know, honing your skill and making, mm. sure that you, making sure that you actually work on it. So even me sitting down working with the new format, the new template of how I do things and putting the videos together, putting doing it off of my uh, Galaxy phone and things like that, like it works for me, you know, uh, whether I do the small clips on Instagram or I do the bigger clips on, on YouTube that are three, four, five minutes. So um, there are different ways to, to go out here and manage your time. But I understand you want to go outside and you want to sniff around. You want to smell some poom poom, you know, and you want to know you want to know what's out there. And I totally get that. But for the guys that really are on a mission, you have to stay focused because that shit can get very distracting. Oh, yeah, it's, it's so easy to get lost in the sauce out here, man. Like. You can, you know, you gotta have some sauce, but don't get lost in the sauce. Yeah, don't get lost in that. And yeah. LA, it's it's very easy. It's a lot of sauce, man. It's a lot of sauce <laughs> to get lost in. <laughs> a lot of sauce. I hear that. Jack. A lot of sauce to get lost in. I but, hear that. I you know, that. just gotta be focused. But this goes back to what you asked me earlier like how is it being around everything that you want to be around those things motivate you more though because it's like you know it's like the average dude thinking he could get a beyonce is 
I don't know what's what's wrong with his brain. Stop. You, it's so many things that go into attaining these level of women, the level of real estate, the level of all these different things that you want in your life that you've been seeing. Now, is it the most important thing in the world? Maybe not. But if you felt like these are things that are part of your goal package, like things that you want within all your goals, then you better go for it. The thing about here is, is opportunities to get those things. It's a lot of money laying on the ground out in LA and it's a lot of lazy people. Mm. So it's easy to get it if you're working. You know, like that's why a lot of people that's from out of state, especially us Midwest kids, we come out here and wreck shop because we work. A lot of these people that grew up here be... Yeah, but that's because we got the hustle in a little we, bit. We came out there for we got we, the hustle. We, yeah, we go out there for a reason. We don't go out there to just goof off and and and, and smoke uh-huh. and party and drink and stuff like that. We actually there on the mission, you know. Yeah. So, so I shout out one of my homies. He getting his uh clothing line on D Wade and all these other people. But he came out here on a mission. He wasn't BSing. Like, you just got to go hard. You just got to go hard. Who are the, some of the artists on, uh, that you're inspired by while you're out there? Like, are, is, it a, is it a group of guys that you... Um, well, um, it's not... Well, I, 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 I have a couple homies that definitely inspire me as far as their drive. Um, my homie Darius D always wins Winfield clothing. Um, he been pushing me just seeing how he came to LA and just really pushed it in motion, like real quick with just being relentless, you know, and sometimes like, that the the sun soften you up, all these pretty women out here soften you up, like you lose sight. And sometimes it's good to see somebody with that hunger again, like reminding you again. It's back to my Chicago trips. It's just like snapping you back into perspective. Like, okay, I'm out here for a reason. Let me get on my shit. Um, my other homie, um, Siandre, um, See CEO Visions Photography is another person that inspires me. Actually, um, I got him into photography and he just took it and ran with it. And I just love to see that girl feel definitely one of the young homies. So, you know, with the mentoring, all the things that you've been involved in, even just that's why, I, I mean, I'm going to keep a buck with you. I remember that was one of the first things you told me when we was working, you know, together way back when we was youngins, what you was doing with the kids that made me gravitate to you more because that was always something that I wanted to aspire to do. And even if it wasn't in a formal way, I always tried to, like, drop jewels if I'm, you know, talking to somebody younger, whatever. So, when I see him, you know, doing well, and I know also that he'll tell me, like, man, you inspired me to do this, or you taught me how to do this, or show me this, like, that make me feel good, because I just want to see people win, especially if it's another brown person, like, and we just, 
go rack shop, make our whole shit stronger, because that's just going to help us all. And for me, I always felt that it was important that whatever I know to pass it down to somebody from a different, from another generation, because you, you will keep them from making more mistakes and you'll keep them away from the penitentiary. You'll keep them away from prison. You'll keep away from selling dope and doing other things that will cost them their life, their livelihood. So mm -hmm. I, I felt like, it, I felt that it was always important to reach out to these guys and, and speak to them in a different manner and tell them that there are other things that they could be involved in, whether it was a, a labor, a union job, or a, a, a shop, or trade, or anything like that, or following their dream, whatever it may have been, you know, just find people to help you invest in what it is that you're trying to do, and just go after it, so that was always big to me. Question about these women out there, because it's a lot of them, you know, um, and there are, there are a few here, are you mm -hmm. able? Are you able now to distinguish the BBL bodies from the real ones? I've always been able to do that. If it's see, this is the problem, or well, not problem. This is the thing. So, if it's a very good surgeon, you're not gonna be able to tell the same way. You know, like my, one of my homegirls or somebody used to date. And this, you know, plastic surgery is funny. Like, hang out with a woman who just got some plastic surgery and you're going to see her half naked before the end of that day because they got to show somebody. It's very funny. I have never, I, in my experience, this in Chicago, actually, the first, the first time I had shot with a model who had just got a boob job. And I was trying to do a regular shoot. You know, I definitely want to take advantage of her wanting to shoot that way just for, you know, portfolio purposes, of course. But um, in all seriousness, she literally was begging to be topless in pictures. Like, they want to show this work that they spent all these thousands of dollars on. So uh, her job was excellent. She works in the medical field, so she knew who to choose and who to go to. Now, it's a lot of girls putting bowling balls on toothpicks, and it's a lot of that shit out here. It looks ridiculous. Um, it's a actually, it's a lot of bad plastic surgery outside of just the BBL stuff. A lot of excessive Botox, a lot of lip fillers that, you know, we, we know your lip was a line, like, <laughs> no, a line. And then they go for having a line in they, on their face to big plump lips and then don't have no, you know how like, and then the lip look, a, the lip a looks woman have like full lips. Like, even if a woman had full lips, you could see the wrinkles and the little, you know, just normal shit. Regular when shit. When you get lip fillers, it really make it's like you treating your lip like a balloon. So when you blow up a balloon, ain't no wrinkles. It's just smooth. But that is not realistic. No. So they look stupid. Yes. You know, sometimes yeah. I've seen women do it and it looks okay because they're doing it in a way that's realistic. But the ones who be losing their mind, like, I want my lips looking like 
Meg the Stallion or whoever, and they be white. Like that ain't gonna work, boo. Yeah, I've I've dated I've dated I've dated and I've messed around with a couple of them. And at some point, Mm -hmm. there's a realization that oh, this ain't real, you know. And and, and it's only me not like I try to give people the benefit of the doubt that you know is is theirs because they say it's mine's, you know, it's mine, I paid for it. But um once we get to that point where we're kissing, touching, rubbing, and hugging. It ain't the same as 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 you know as what some guys think it is. Like it feels a way it feels way different. It's different. It's different. It's very different. Um, Even if it is the fact that they removed from the stomach to the thighs, like just looking at it, it's still different. It's different. And, and again, this goes back to quality of work. Now. This person that I talked about previously, she did that type of procedure because it's certain, you know, so they add actual form material. She didn't do that. She's smart enough to know at least if I'm going to do it, just move my shit around and don't add no form materials to my body. But she was complaining that her body absorbed the fat too quick. So Mm. she not as thick as she was trying to be. And I was like, just go do some squats. And, but see, this thing, they don't want a muscle booty. They do. They want the jiggly big booty. I get it because they're great. But um, <laughs> don't mutilate yourself or hurt yourself. That's literally one of the most dangerous of all plastic surgeries is a BBL. That's one, like, top three. Even if they were, no. to, even if they were to get some muscle in the booty, you don't have to, like, you can leave it, you can build it up and then leave it alone. Like, there's nothing wrong with having a toned up figure. Like, you all are doing more damage to yourself than good. Because at some point, you got to go back and get that taken care of again. Unless it's just like a for life type of surgery, but. It ain't. And, and see, all of them are maintenance. That's why, like. <laughs> man these chicks that's why around here looking like, i don't they be walking around here looking like wasps and hornets by the booty and it's just like yo y'all got these mm. little stick figure legs <laughs> wasp and hornets i'm yeah, serious and you be looking like that's yo bad. that shit don't even match fam yeah i i had an experience with somebody out here um they they didn't have like the big butt with the skinny legs they had kind of basically it was a bigger woman who instead of going to the gym she just had them move the fat around into better places so instead of you know going and and trimming down she took her stomach fat move to her butt and it it, it, it looked kind of Frankenstein-ish. I don't know where she went to get her work done. It was not as, as clean. She definitely looked better with clothes on and off. Yeah, I seen one but, um, you know, a young lady uh, recently. Actually, this week, uh, me and my homie, was, he was cracking jokes on her. And I said, you know, she looks like a glass half empty. You know, because like all the ass was at the bottom and then like where you want to see the full round booty, there was nothing at the top. 
So we were making fun of, I was like, yo, she looked like a glass is half empty. So we were cracking jokes about it and everything. And she kind of just kept glancing over, looking at us. And I was like, yo, if she comes over here, either we're going to have to continue to roast her or we're going to have to talk to her. And we just sat there and laughed. But it's just like, you all are having these surgeries and you don't need them. You don't need them. All you got to do is just work out. I mean, 90% of the time, 99.9% of the time. I work with a you know, I work with a young lady who was who was heavy. She was heavy. She was she was kind of big. She was plump, and she got in shape. If you see her body, yo, yo I I would knock her down. I you know like, and I'm not gonna say nobody's name, but I would knock her down. And if I showed it to you, like, yeah, do that. But there aren't there aren't too many like that out here. Um, but I know that she works out, and that's the thing that attracts me even more to it is the fact that she does work out. And she wants to keep her body up, you know, and she she does enjoy running her seven to eight miles a day or whatever it is. So, right. It's just it's just crazy when you see these women walking around and, and who's asking you all to do this to yourself. Like who's asking you? To do so this? this is that's what I wanted to segue to. So the irony of all of these things that they do to themselves. Nine times out of 10, it's some little short fat man that they're going to that don't even be in shape themselves. So that is completely absurd. Like at least the person that you quote unquote doing this for make it look like they're taking care of their self or you're trying to get on their level. Like, no, he just got a bag nine times out of 10. He didn't, you didn't ask for the dumb shit and he just gave you the money because he's going to watch it. I'm about to wait about eight weeks. About to heal up, boy. I'm about to be smacking them things. I paid for him. Shit. Shit, motherfucker, shit. Shit, motherfucker, shit. And that's the crazy part. Like, ain't nobody asking you all to do this shit to yourself. Like, we don't want you um, all. Uh, look, men barely but they want think, women. Bro, they think that, though. Like, I literally just sent somebody a message today. They they had a um a quote from J. Cole where he was basically like, oh, real uh real women with real bodies and, and good jobs, y'all still winning. Still right? winning, yeah. She like that's she like that's cap, blah blah blah. No, it's not cap, actually. We do like that. That's what we the prefer. The problem is a lot of times that's what we prefer. But <laughs> the ones who be saying that shit, this this cap, they're not even attempting to take care of themselves at a high level. So they will reject the guy that's really in the lane of what they have created for themselves and shun him and then say, Nobody checking for you. No, the people that you put yourself in the lane for are checking for you. But you want somebody in the other lane that's a, like in a different team. Work to get there or shut up. That's all it is. It's, and see, men and women exist in a different realm. Women are very aspirational fantasy base and we are very realist 
we we really take things down to the, the true ingredients and shit. Like, first of all, nobody coddles us or tries to sugarcoat shit after we 13, 14 years old. So that's out the window. They keep getting that their whole life in some capacity. Some dude trying to fuck, so he about to not tell you the truth. People Lies in general are just more gentle with women in general just because, you know, you should be to a degree, but all these things just add up to a very skewed worldview. You know, like, we kind of, like, if I'm not doing X, Y, Z, I'm not going to get this. It's not going to happen. They think that because, so I hate to, you know, even say anything like KS, and that's all I'm going to say, <laughs> but a woman to get all these accolades and degrees and all this other stuff and want that to translate into dating currency when men never was interested in you having all of that stuff. Now, am I saying that you shouldn't go for it? Absolutely not. Do your thing. And you should find a man who's going to think that's great because I'm the type of person who think those things are great. I'm not talking down on it. I'm just saying those things not going to help you in the dating pool. So saying you got a degree and all this other shit is cool, but it ain't going to really help for real. It's just like certain shit that we think is important to other men. Nine times out of ten, you not going to fucking care as a woman. So we right back at an equal point of you putting something in the forefront that you think is important and it ain't to us. We putting something in the forefront that we think is important, but it ain't to you. And that's not going to make anybody gravitate towards nobody. And that's fine, but it is what it is. I just feel like men are more realistic in a lot of those situations. like. 90% 90% of the situation because we just know I can go. It's almost like you go into a car dealership and you know, well, yes, this car dealerships have Porsches, but I don't have Porsche situation yet. So I'm going to go over here. They be coming in looking for the Porsche and they should be over there looking at the fucking Hondas with you. Yeah. But they don't think yeah. that way. They should be looking at the uh, the fucking the escorts and, and all that shit. And mm, well, and I know escorts don't do that bad. Some of them, some of them, <laughs> some of them, and they be they be live, trying to oh. live above their means. Real quick, and I hope you could like take this out real quick because this isn't good for the joint. But my iPad is about to die soon and i can't charge it in half all right so who are some artists or like models or engineers or anything that you would like to work with going forward uh for your business oh wow um that's a really good question um that's what i'm here for man that's what i do Um, well, shoot, one of my favorite, um, rappers, I would love to see Currency wearing my stuff. I need to send him a care package for sure. Um, my next collection, I feel like I'm going to have something that everybody is going to be able to 
gravitate to and really excited about this. Um, this is probably going to be the most cohesive thing I put out thus far. And I feel like every collection I strive to make something tell a better story. But I got I got some stuff up my sleeve. But as far as other people I want to work with, um, man, there's a couple IG models I would love to work with. Malika Terry. Um I've actually used her as a inspiration for some of my artwork already this on some of the shirts. So I would love to work with her like directly. Um man, who else? Um shoot, I would love to get my joints on some of the Bulls players, man. Uh Zach Levine. Um oh. Who was talking stuff too long? Um, who else? There's a lot of people, man. I can't even think of everybody right now. Uh, Spike Lee. Actually, I would love to get some stuff on Spike. That's my guy. Like, just because he embodies what my brand is in the sense of being an architect of just a genre in a way like i mean he created a whole genre of like more artful black movies i feel like you know like or at least put his stamp on it to the to the point where a whole generation was inspired by him do you have a favorite three spike lee movies uh let's see malcolm x number one that's my joint um do the right thing and let me see. I feel like my last one is like a dark horse a little bit. Oh. <laughs> I actually like She Hate Me a lot, weirdly. And that's, I know that's not one of his favorite movies, but that's a, an interesting one. But if I had to pick like a true third favorite, it'd probably be. Um, Ooh, Jungle Fever. That one is real strong. That's a, that's one of my favorites. Okay. But it's hard to pick just three. I'm thinking the other moves. Inside Man was good. Like, he got a lot of joints. He did Inside Man? Yep. Okay. I know, right? That Mir- was one of those towards the Miracle, end. Miracle at St. Anna up. was good, too. That was good. That yeah. was good. I like that movie. That was a good movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he definitely is somebody that inspires Architects of Mars. I would love to have him and some stuff. Actually, I'm working on a design that he inspired greatly. So I okay. hope to get that in his hands. Um, but yeah, overall, it's just, you know. Do you ever I'm sit sure. around and try to design a sneaker? Actually, it's funny you say that. That's something that is definitely down the line. Right now, I'm focusing on apparel more so. Like, I got some some jackets I'm designing in production right now. But um, shoes, I love, love, love shoes, which you know this. Um, So I definitely have some uh, shoe designs in my iPad as we speak several um for several different concepts boots clogs like 
trainers. Like I, I love sneakers. So that's that's gonna happen. You know, I just need more support from the people out there, and I can keep making dope shit. And my view is very different from a lot of people that's creating stuff right now. So how so? What do you mean? Well, I feel like everybody ends up following each other in a sense instead of like creating something innovative like everything that I strive to do especially with my cut and sew stuff like my first cut and sew piece was the architect scarf that's literally a convertible infinity scarf that has hidden pockets like I took a mundane accessory and turned it into something with utility like I always want to take something that I like and I'm inspired by and I want to improve it. I don't want it to just be like, okay, I'm making a shirt. I want the shirt to do something different than shirts have ever done to make it not only stand out, but just actually have a true architect stamp on it. Like that's what it means to me to be an architect not only the definition as far as a person who designs buildings, but uh, architect is an artist that creates something that literally is going to be tangible. Like they're one of the only artists that everything that they draw eventually is going to be a tangible thing. Most artists paint is a, um, like an interpretation of life or something out of their imagination. The architect literally draws something and then it gets built and you live in it, working and whatever like that to me is amazing. Um, and that's why that's like a part of the name of my brand is like being an architect is being like a supreme creative person, you know. Which I totally agree with. Uh one can build their own design in life if they choose to, if they understand who they are as well in the process of building, uh, destroying and rebuilding. So um, it's just all about what you know, what you hear and how you proceed mm-hmm. and how you proceed with it. So yeah, definitely. Um, how often do you collab with other designers to to and cross-brand, do cross-marketing, cross-branding? Not, well, I haven't done it yet. I've been in talks with people and, you know, things fall through. It's, it's hard to get two people who have a particular vision sometimes to agree on stuff. So that's been the challenge thus far. I, I have a couple of homies that, that do... Um, lines that i would love to collab with so hopefully that happen down the line but as far as like doing stuff with like bigger brands that's more of my goal like now like working with nike working with adidas working with reebok like creating my own shoe colorway maybe to pulling out an old silhouette that people not thinking about but you know we we true to this sneaker life so we got some joints in our head i already got one but can't share it because i don't know about taking my idea but um it's definitely some joints i would love to pull out of the adidas ball and 
do something real special with it and Nike and Reebok, to be honest. If you could work with any comic book designer or illustrator, who would it be? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I'll do this. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I would say, I hate to sound cliche, but man, Jim Lee, that's that dude, man. Like X-Men and then Batman, like all that stuff. It's like, it's hard to to not want to be around that. I think a close thing would probably be Tom McFarlane, the, the creator of Spawn. Because, um, man, his business acumen combined with his creativity, like, to be able to, like, sponge that up. I mean, I literally got in the background probably, like, least six or seven of toys from his company because he makes the best toys he's more known for toys now than damn comic books because they do all the nba toys he do all the dc toys mm. he do uh most comic book companies work with him like this independent if they want a toy done it's it's he got a monopoly on it to a degree when it comes to making things that look almost like a statue like his stuff looked like art. <laughs> okay. So I think he definitely a close second, but it's just pure comics. Like, man, Jim Lee is that dude. Okay. What was the last book you read? Um, let's see. It was I'm actually still reading and I'm almost done to think and grow rich. I I did the audio book, but I'm better with actually reading stuff like I'm, i noticed i retain the, the knowledge a lot better i think it might just be the way that you grew up with it but i see mm-hmm. people i see people from our from our generation changing over to the audio books and everything it's just mm-hmm. something about having that book to me is just more solidified you know mm-hmm. it's like if so if something wiped out that audio book like that's gone yeah, 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 yeah. But having that book is like tangible. It's like I got it. Like it's here, and I can mm-hmm. always go back to it. So I love having books. But maybe I will try to try to give the audio books uh, a, a a better look in the future for mm-hmm. myself. Yes, sir. Uh- like I've, I've, it's it depends on the book. I feel like if it's super dense, sometimes the audio book is a little better. But like stuff that's a little bit more straightforward, I feel like I remember better if I read it. Like that book is very straightforward. It's about money. Like that's like you know, and I I, I retain that stuff. That's one thing. I remember when I was in school, was talking, you know, in math class, and we start getting to the more algebra and all that stuff. And I was like, "Look, when we was talking about numbers, I was fine with that because I can relate that to some bread." Now, once we start getting to the other stuff, it start getting a little fuzzier for me. Yeah, once y'all start telling, t- telling me that E equals C plus one and shit, that's when y'all fucking lost me. That didn't sound like nothing I know. I knew anything about. I don't, that don't sound like nothing that got to do with money. So I don't know what the fuck y'all talking about. But yeah, man. 
it's just it's funny how they teach us in school. It's just not a hundred percent practical. <laughs> they don't teach us stuff that's like, yo, we need to teach them how to do their credit, how to do they balance their checkbook, like basic stuff. Yeah, that's a fact. That is a fact. Mm. All right, sir, let's go on ahead and get up out of here because I have to do shit, you have to do shit, and shit has to be done. So, ladies and gentlemen, for those who are listening, this is Creed once again tapping in with me. And as always, remember the mission statement when you're striving for greatness. God never puts you in the driver's seat if it's taken. We are done here. You bitch, you. <laughs>